The Apple Vision Pro has finally arrived. But it's $3,500. Is it worth it? Let's find out. I think we have <laughs> we have a lot of thoughts on, on this thing. Uh, we actually come from two different sides of the coin with this, I think. Um, one being I'm pretty pessimistic about it. Dave's very optimistic about it. Um, So hopefully that'll bring some good conversation and future thoughts. Uh, Even though we've already seen a lot of VR and even AR headsets like the MetaQuest, like the HoloLens from Microsoft, Mm -hmm. like Google Glass, many people were referencing as well. There is one thing that Apple seems to do when they do things, and that is that they take their time, potentially, maybe they're late to the game, if you will, but they seem to do a lot of research, they spend a ton of money, and they kind of do things right, if you will, Mm -hmm. in air quotes. And I think, is this the right thing to do now? I mean, I don't know. This is definitely not really a consumer product when we really talk about it and look at it. It's a big, bulky ski mask of a headset um, with a battery pack that dangles off with a cable and you put the battery in your pocket. It's not ideal. I don't think Steve Jobs would necessarily find this thing to be the most perfect product in the world. And I don't think Tim Cook either feels this way either. Mm. But... I think for the price point and for what they're trying to do, this is setting the stage for the future of AR and the future of what Apple wants to get into. They've kind of missed the boat with gaming in general. I mean, Microsoft has crushed it with Xbox and with obviously PCs being the primary gaming system. So maybe this is an end for them with gaming. Although the whole marketing for this as we're watching the video has nothing to do with gaming. It's all about everyday life. It's about capturing pictures of your kids, which by the way, if I go back to that moment, I find quite depressing. It's a shot of a father (laughs) watching his children. And instead of him interacting with his children, playing with the bubbles, he's wearing a headset that takes him completely out of the moment. He looks ridiculous and he's capturing the moment for later. Right. Instead of just being in the moment, he's capturing it so he can watch it later. Exactly. So, um, but that does make me think that because there's two cameras on this thing, I would assume that it's capturing a 3D image. Yeah, so that means I think they you, actually specified that in the video. Yeah, so when you watch it back, you are watch. It's not just an iPhone video. It's right. actually kind of a 3D video, which also makes me think. And I'm you know getting ahead of myself here. That makes me think maybe maybe not this year, but maybe next year. Now that this is out, the iPhone was it 16 may have like a maybe a 3D camera built into it, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, let's but, talk about some things, though, about the specs when it comes to the Vision Pro before we get too much into our opinions on it. First off, the display resolution, it's over 4K on each eye, uh, which is a pretty big deal when it comes to VR headsets or AR headsets. I, I don't know the resolution of my Quest 2, but I have the Oculus Quest 2, and the resolution on it is not the best for for each eye and you definitely can see the pixels when you're looking when you're playing games it's like kind of whatever you get immersed in the moment the quest 2 uses a 1920 by 1832 resolution display for each eye yeah so, so it's, it's like a 1080 basically versus 4k right 1080 versus 4k and, and you but when you're looking at uh, let's say a 1080 screen uh, on each eye you got to imagine that you're not looking at a 16 by 9 image you're looking at uh, the resolution of like your actual field of view so when you stretch that all the way across yeah. the resolution actually appears much worse than 1080p so 4k for each eye means that you're probably going to get about a 1080p viewing experience um yeah but that's good because hopefully you won't actually be able to see the pixels so that is a step in the right direction um, it doesn't seem to support VR gaming. Am I wrong? Because it does act as a TV screen. We've seen that in mm-hmm. the ad. So you can essentially play like NBA 2K 
on yeah. uh, on it, but it's like a 2D screen that you can make as big or small as you want. But I didn't see anything about uh, VR gaming support at all. Uh, did you? Well, uh, yeah. So I actually heard that there's 100 uh, Apple Arcade games that will be available. Okay, so nothing on good. The system. <laughs> um, that's not, I mean, you know, to be fair, the Apple Arcade games. I don't know if you've. Do you have Apple Arcade? If you play with, it? they're actually pretty high quality. Because yeah. the great thing about Apple Arcade is that they don't have any incentive, and because Apple's paying for it, but they they don't have any incentive to do those kind of you know, lottery based games where you got to mm. get coins and you got to wait 24 hours and you can buy more coins. Yeah. There's, there's no microtransactions because Apple just pays the developers to make good games. Right. But they're still very indie. They're very, you know, they're creative and they're interesting, but right. they're not first party, you know, <laughs> like, like a Zelda game right. like you're playing. right. Or, now. I mean, really what I would want is third party support. So maybe because this exists, we'll start seeing some third party yeah. games being ported over to a vr section in the apple arcade that'd be cool with that the yeah, vision os is what they're calling this operating system we've got ipad os we've got mac os we've got ios and now we've got vision os so this really is a full new uh ecosystem right they've got a whole new layout they've got a, it reminds me a little bit of an apple watch with the apps kind of being these little circular bubbles uh mm-hmm. on the screen and it's interesting because you can kind of have your actual native surroundings in your viewpoint as you're looking through it. And mm-hmm. it kind of augments, you know, AR, augmented reality. It's looking, it's got cameras built into the front and it projects that on the screen on the inside. And it can project that like other systems have done before. Yeah. But if you want, you can also just switch it into VR. And now all of a sudden you're in this beautiful landscape. You could even be on the moon as they're showing here uh, on the Apple website. Which, but it really seems like they're they have a huge focus on AR. And Tim Cook in the past when he's done interviews, people have asked about the glasses for a while now for the last couple of years. He always keeps going back to we're very interested in AR and which isn't VR. And when you kind of listen to the meta kind of conversation with the Facebook world and Mark Zuckerberg, it is kind of a VR like you're going to live in this metaverse literally like it's not reality right. it's uh virtual reality and apple even though this essentially is the same as any standard vr headset in terms of the whole view being all screen it's not like you're looking through a, a real actual glass and by the way that image at the very beginning that we saw of somebody's eyes being in the frame of the goggles as if you're looking through real goggles with like real glass that's I at first I thought wow that's interesting it's actually a see-through like goggle and they're projecting something on that that's cool right it's not that's actually a screen on the on the back of the headset displaying basically a 3D kind of you know what's it called uncanny valley version of your eyes yeah and it is tracking your eyeballs and your eyelids to track when you're blinking and when you're winking at somebody so you're actually just looking at an animation of your face, same skin t- color and everything on the outside. And there was this wonderful moment in the video of that lady <laughs> that was like, somebody was like I coming think it was up pretty to early her. on. Yeah. This one. Yeah. It's so, so like funny. somebody, somebody comes up to her and then her <laughs> eyes just kind of appear and they're this hazy kind of eye, you know, situation. And it's already become quite a meme on the internet. And this whole thing honestly looks very utopian, very black mirror. A lot of people are saying, because it just looks sort of sad. It's like somebody just sitting in their room all by themselves with the headset. Somebody comes by the eyes appear and then they walk away and it goes away. So anyways, 
I do think it's very interesting, though. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this. Actually, but... uh, counterpoint, we have seen lots of things like this. Um, <laughs> however, because Apple is doing it, um, it feels very different. Uh, but it is essentially the same. Um, same with the little like screen on the front with the eyeball. No, the screen on the front that is new. Um, but just the headset itself is, and and like the personas. So the Apple's calling them personas. So they're essentially three D avatars. The difference with this one, which is is interesting, is that you point the headset at your face, and mm -hmm. it does do a three D scan of your face, and then yeah. that is what is Where's being that? applied to your persona. Whereas if you look at other systems that do this, it's much more like a cartoony version of yourself. You know, they have persona things as well. It's just right. it's just a cartoon version of yourself, not as 3D, not as uncanny. About <laughs> look at those yeah, eyes. Look at this. Look at this image. <laughs> it's it's quite hilarious. It's got like a HomePod kind of like haziness in front of the eyes. It also like and looks kind of spacing, distorted a little bit. Yeah, I think it's because the spacing of her actual eyes compared to this digital version of it is not perfect right. either. So it looks kind of You're goofy, looking a little Sid the Sloth. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah. I hope that's user... I'm sure because it's Apple, you can't change that. But it would be funny if you could, like, user change that out to, like, you know, robotic kind of animations or big googly eyes, big silly googly <laughs> yeah. eyes. Like, hey, are you? how's it going? Yeah, they'll do uh, uh, emojis. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that the battery is, like... It's like a, a little pack, like a like an Anton Bauer or, like, an anchor battery that you just stick in your pocket and then it tethers up yeah. to the headset. Is that a good... Is that a good idea or a So I think the I think it's also MagSafe too, which is cool. So it is magnetic. Um yeah. so that's that's clever. Um the answer to your question is no, of course I'd rather not have that. You want it to be completely wireless and you want it to have eight hour battery life. You mm -hmm. know, that's that's the ideal. But technology just isn't there yet. Um and so this is their compromise. I personally have used the dji headset the fpv headset um mm -hmm. from dji and they do the same thing they have a little battery pack that you just keep in your pocket and you know it's obviously not ideal but it does keep the weight of the headset down mm -hmm. uh, batteries are typically some of the heaviest you know lithium-ion batteries are, are quite heavy when we're talking about technology so pulling that out of there does lighten it and so maybe that's a move that they made for that reason to just keep the weight down although you could argue that you kind of want some weight on the back to offset the balance of the the goggles on the front. So if, if they were to have put the battery on the back, that would offset it. I'm sure there will be plenty of Amazon sellers who will make a clip that will just clip to the back, you know, right. <laughs> uh, with the battery. But so that will wanna, exist. They might make a smaller cable as well, because essentially you would just need it to be like, I don't know, four inches yeah. essentially to be able to just connect from the back of your headset to the little side port with the MagSafe thing. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the answer is, it's not a good design. You know, it's an ugly design. It's not ideal, but right. it's what we have to work with. Here's a, an image of it there, and you can see the the awful, uh, <laughs> you know, rounded wreck uh, Apple uh, battery charger. And what's interesting about this image that I'm looking at here, the aluminum aluminum encased battery can be slipped into a pocket for portable power. It connects using a woven braided cable. So it's got the same braided cables, I'm sure, from what we're used to with the Mac, but it doesn't look like a USB-C port I was, on it. I was going to ask you, can, is, is there another image? It doesn't look like it unplugs. I know. I'm looking at this image here on the website, and I am scared. Uh, here, when I zoom in, it's kind of all messed up. It's a little um, wonky, yeah. For some reason, <laughs> I'm a little nervous because it looks to me like the cable is like, 
permanently put into the battery. So we need to figure that out. If that's the case, that's odd to basically, because obviously these batteries, I think I heard they're about like two and a half, three hours, which isn't great. So that means if I'm using this the way that they showed us in the video, which is using it at your workstation as a work tool, obviously I work more than two hours. Yeah. So I'm going to have to have three or four of these or some sort of wired version that can maybe, I was thinking, you know, if if they did a USB-C version, I could just plug it into my laptop. That'd be cool. They, and then they may it sell the additional features like that additional cabling that you could use, but man, dude. Okay. So <laughs> this tech, the tech exists. I know you said it's like, this is where our technology is. I don't agree with that. Uh, if, if the argument for weight for sure, I agree with. They probably did want to take it out for weight purposes. They want it to be as comfortable as possible. The yeah. material for like the goggle cushion looks to be the same as the Apple AirPod Maxes, which is yeah. extremely comfortable. Uh, great, great material, whatever they're doing with that. I think weight is probably the reason why they did it. Although I think if I had to choose between weight or an external battery pack, I would choose weight on my face because I, again, I have the Quest 2. And I get about two plus hours of battery and I have zero cables, none. And if I really need it to last longer than that, it has a USB-C directly on it. And then I can mm -hmm. plug that into my computer or anything um, to charge yeah. it up while I'm continuing to use it. Um, I, I think that I do, it doesn't, this, the feel, this feels like, as far as the headset goes, besides the price, this feels like mm -hmm. the biggest miss to me. I think if, like you said, uh, with the weight balance, they should have just made it somehow in, integrated into the band. Like they could, they have really smart engineers over there at Apple. They could have come up with a system. In fact, they probably have, and maybe they'll sell that as an additional accessory. Well, that's where, what I was thinking. I was like, you could probably just pop that headband off, and either a third party company could build what you're talking about, or, yeah. or Apple themselves will will upcharge you for that. Which I think it's it'll probably be the answer to that is both of them probably will be true. Maybe we'll get a little bit of both because I do think that the band comes off or at least it, it looks like it does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They're, they're replaceable. Yeah. Which means of course you can probably get different colors. Yeah. So <laughs> very strange, very strange choice. Um, yeah. I was not expecting that. I will say it looks like obviously they've, they've taken a lot of cues from the Apple watch from the Apple studio, uh, AirPods studio max, uh, headphones. We've got the same kind of dial, on the side here to select things. You've got the same kind of, uh, op you know, rounded uh, openings for, I guess, cooling there. Yeah, you've got a big button there. Um, and what's really interesting too, and obviously we will just not be able to know uh, what it sounds like, but the, the sound is got these little speakers that are not, you know, you're not putting headphones into your ear. Mm -hmm. You're not using AirPods. They're saying that the speakers create a spatial audio effect and they keep you aware of your surroundings. So that way, you don't have to be completely wired in with headphones. You can actually just use this, and apparently it sounds good. Apple seems to be really good at their audio. You know, yeah. the HomePod is good. The AirPods are great. So I do think, and you know, the MacBook speakers are very you know famous for being very loud and, and high quality for small speakers. So I do feel like Apple would know how to make good speakers. It just seems odd and it feels like it wouldn't sound as good as headphones. So if, you know, if maybe you're doing a full movie session, you would still probably want to wear AirPods. I think uh, um, at least. Yeah. AirPods, obviously it'll work with your AirPods, um, but the normal ones. Yeah. But the AirPod Maxes, I was talking to you about this earlier. I don't yeah. see 
based on what I'm looking at, especially with the power cable being there and the the bump for yeah. the audio um, speaker, I don't see AirPod Maxes working with this at all, or any over ear headphones for that matter. Um, yeah. I I don't think it has a way to plug in headphones directly. So the only thing you could do is use Bluetooth headphones. Um, and again, yeah. I think it, you're limited to AirPods. AirPods um, Pro, which sound great, and they're noise canceling. So if you're if you're using this on an airplane or something, using AirPods Pro would be the way to go, I guess. Yeah. But, In fact, I think it's the uh, only way to go. Yeah. Yeah. More. Or you less. wouldn't want to be blasting those speakers uh, in front of people. Yeah. One thing that was interesting was the FaceTime calls. They were talking about how, you know, you can you can view people on FaceTime in in a life size format and, and I, the first thought i had was like what <laughs> what do you look like yeah what do, you know, what do they to see? them yeah and one of the things they showed in the video um was the fact that you know we we mentioned this already with the eyeballs but it actually scans your your face and it creates a digital avatar uh which is again just this weird uncanny valley version of yourself and so when you're talking it's you know of course the demo looks pretty good and pretty realistic does look a little odd yeah, that doesn't look very lifelike but yeah. it's got that weird kind of animation vibe um so you know if you're talking to your family they're just going to be seeing you in this weird uh animation mode to so. they're not going to be seeing you to be exact they're they're yeah. going to see a computer generated version of you <laughs> but then you get the benefit of seeing them right. in a full you know body size uh with their nice cameras so in a weird way the person wearing the system is actually getting the best experience because they're seeing, you know, if everybody's using traditional webcams, they're actually seeing real reality. But until anyways, we all have headsets and then everyone's just talking <laughs> yeah. to these personas and not um, each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whoopsie. So for entertainment, I think this is going to be pretty fun. I mean, again, this is they're making it seem like this has never existed before. With other VR headsets, this has been, a, you know, this has been a, a thing. When I heard about VR, it was the first thought I had was like uh, a virtual movie theater. Mm -hmm. um, but I would imagine with Apple's Apple TV system, with their spatial audio, and with the high resolution, you know, 4K on each eye, uh, you know, headset, I would imagine it will probably be some of the best in class in terms of just watching a movie, feeling like you're in a movie theater. They said you could sit in your in your home mm -hmm. and make the screen as big as you want. You know, in air quotes, it's all virtual. Or you could push a button and now you're in a beautiful location. So I wonder if they've got like a couple of really beautiful, like, you know, uh, outdoorsy. They, they have this shot of her in a forest at nighttime with the stars. So I wonder if they've like scanned some places that you can go to virtually and be sitting on your couch watching a movie in the middle of like a, you know, a nightscape in front of Yosemite or right. something, you know, I could see Apple doing that. And I think that's that whole like topic and that whole idea is the, the Apple-y thing that we just haven't seen before in this world. You know, the fact that they have just the nice things they have, these probably 12k scans of Yosemite that you're going to be able to watch a movie in mm -hmm. like that's what you know makes it a premier experience again it's $3,500 <laughs> so it better be but um <laughs> but that's interesting nonetheless um they showed an image of somebody syncing their PlayStation controller to the headset 
Connor mentioned, cause we, we were on the phone the whole time. He was like, what, what does that mean? It's like, no, you can't, I, as far as I know, you can't connect to the PlayStation four, Yeah, but you can use PlayStation controllers, Nintendo switch controllers and Xbox controllers that would be, with Apple arcade. That would be actually cool. Like if you have a PS five and you want to play the new Spider-Man game, uh, and yeah. you want to blow it up the size of your wall and use your PS five controller. That was like, wow, this is that, that's actually, that's actually a cool feature. Yeah. Um, but it, like Dave said, that does not seem to be the case, at least now. Um, who knows? Maybe in the future that'll come, but not yet. Work is something that is interesting um, to think about. And it kind of, at least for me, can sort of justify in my mind why this would make sense as a purchase. Mm-hmm. Because for $3,500, if you're using it for work, one, it's a tax write-off. So that's great. <laughs> um, okay, fair. And two... I can technically, I like the idea. If you just think about the idea of it, I don't know how practical this is, but I like the idea of a totally clean table. You have a debt, you know, you have an office and you have a desk that you sit at nothing there, no monitor. I uh, maybe have a stand for your laptop, your keyboard and mouse. And then I can use this headset as my quote monitor and make it a you know 32 inch monitor or whatever i uh then, i think you do like the idea of a clean table don't you <laughs> yeah. yeah right yeah can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> connor is joking because uh i am a very messy person yeah um sorry, <laughs> so sorry, i like Dave. the idea of it uh <laughs> the reality of it is one thing yeah yeah everything we're seeing here is is not actually real by the way everything we're seeing is just 3d renders uh, video with with pre-renders yeah. so of course this looks perfect um but it's not real this is this is a um this is a mock-up of what we're going to see uh i trust that it's close to what they're going to actually ship but it's you know it's one thing to basically see something that somebody designed in After Effects with these screens floating around and being super crisp and perfect, mm-hmm. uh, and it's another thing to see it and it's like it's not tracking, it's like jittering all over the place. The resolution actually is crap. Like we don't know what it's going to look like in reality, but yeah. Um, and again, the idea oops. of this is interesting. Yeah, and again, I, this thing doesn't come out till early next year. Um, so everything we're seeing probably can and will change before it actually comes out. I don't think yeah. resolution is something we're going to have to worry about. I think the resolution on the headset will probably be insane. But yeah, augmented tracking in your space, I think it's going to be the interesting thing. It's like how how well is it going to stay fixed in place? Because that's the illusion, right? If the yeah. illusion is broken because it's drifting to the left or to the right or up or down, it's kind of vibrating subtly because something's not, maybe you're not in the perfect lighting conditions. I mean, that's going to be one of the things um, yeah. uh, that it's going to maybe struggle with. I'm not really sure how it's doing, how it's detecting you. Is that LIDAR or is that uh, vision-based? Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got they've got LIDAR, they've got multiple cameras, they've got LIDAR sensors. Okay. So it's actually... It is mapping your whole room. Okay, so, so like, that actually means it'll probably work pretty well then. Uh, yeah, because and they've already, they've been working on this for years with the iPhone and with the iPad right. already. Both of them have had LiDAR for, I think, three years now. So the reason they did that, and I remember when it came out, it's like, why do I need an iPad with LiDAR? It's like Apple's just doing their research to get this nailed so mm-hmm. that when this comes out, it'll it'll actually work. And that's so. And that's really the truth of it. Like we said already is, when Apple does something, it may be the last thing, you know, it may, they may be last in, in in the race to get something out. 
but yeah. chances are it'll be the best one out. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that there's any example that I can think of off the top of my head except for the trash can Mac Pro <laughs> um, that wasn't like, oh yeah, this is the best thing you can buy. Even if it's more expensive, it is the best. Um, but let's talk about that. It's the best when it comes out, assuming you know it's as advertised, which I imagine it will be, but it is $3,500. Yeah. That's too much money, right, Dave? <laughs> it is, yeah. And in fact, I remember when we were kind of talking about it, we were kind of spitballing like, I think I told you, I was like, it is rumored to be like $3,000. But, you know, I think for me, 1500 is kind of a, like, that's already expensive anyways, too, because the metas are more expensive or, or, or cheaper than that. Even the Pro is, what, 1000 bucks? Yeah, so, so even at 1500 bucks, it would have been 500 over the meta. But that's... But that's the Apple tax, right? It's like, you know, $14.99 feels right to me for like kind of a consumer-y product. Right. But thirty-five that's $2,000 more than that. But no, uh, the price is very much, I think, summed up by, um, and you talked about it in your video, yeah. by that tweet from uh, Austin Evans. I'm glad fi Apple finally got Vision Pro out the door. But it's going to be years before a good version of this this thing is ready. I, I agree with that. External two-hour battery and $3,500 price tag means it's pretty only for devs and rich enthusiasts. I, and I really agree with that statement. Um, a lot of the YouTubers are obviously going to review this. It's a huge clickbait YouTube video. I mean, here we are talking about it, right? Yeah. Um, I do think as a tech enthusiast myself, and I think you agree as well, you would call yourself a tech enthusiast. This is objectively exciting. I, I really think so. Uh, and I think what Apple is pitching here is objectively exciting. Um, it's too expensive for most people. Will I buy one? Probably because I think it's going to be fun to try it out and see what it's like. And I am one of those uh, I'm not rich, but I am one of those enthusiasts. <laughs> I am I'm... a rich enthusiast. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. But I value this stuff, and I think it'll be fun to play with. And I think a lot of the people listening to this uh, podcast may pick one up and try it if they can afford it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with buying it, trying it for 14 days, and returning it within the Apple return window, too, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, but. I think the reason that they did this is because they are just trying to get people out there to first off, talk about it. It's not even coming out till next year. So they're completely missing the Christmas window, uh, which is probably a little intentional. They don't really want, you know, people buying this who aren't enthusiasts and who aren't developers. Um, so all the developers, all the enthusiasts, they're going to buy it. They're going to try it out. The enthusiasts, they're going to play with it. They're going to find things that are wrong with it. Maybe give some feedback. And then all the, of course the developers are going to start developing now with it. I, th I think they're going to be able to at WWDC learn about the development, start you know getting their minds thinking creatively about this product. Mm -hmm. They just announced it, and now they can for the next you know six seven months before it comes out start coming up with creative ideas to come up with apps or versions of their apps that will work on this that will be interesting. And obviously, I see a lot of you know interesting new products that we've never heard of. I mean, I was just sharing this with Connor, like Uber, for example, would only be possible with the device that's in your phone that has internet access and GPS capabilities. Like without GPS, it doesn't know where you are. Without internet, it can't call that 
you know, fake taxi to come to you. And then the person who's in the fake taxi is just a normal person with a phone in their, in their normal car. Like right. that whole business came out of the existence of the iPhone that didn't exist before it and, it and it couldn't have without it. And now I think this is announcing to the world, Hey, this is the early adoption version of it. It's clunky. It's got a wire that comes out and you stick it in your pocket. It looks ugly. It's not good. This is the big computer in the basement situation that will then get down to glasses that are the size of my glasses on my face. Cause yeah. I think that is the future. We're looking at 10 years down the line. Apple knows they have to push the needle forward. The iPhone cannot exist for eternity. They're going to have to come up with a new technology that essentially makes the iPhone completely obsolete. And I think they feel like this is actually the product that will take them forward into the future. Cause I love the idea of no more phones ever and a device that you wear that actually allows you to be in reality instead of holding the phone up to your face and taking you out of reality. I don't like how these look because it completely takes you out. Obviously, like we talked about with the dad, uh, you know, taking pictures with his kids. I mean, that that's ridiculous. But if you're just wearing glasses every day and they look normal and you see your eyes through them, you know, and it's it's actually real. But then again, we get into creepy situations. It's like, what is Apple basically looking at through everybody's eyes twenty four seven? Like, is that is that the future? Because that seems pretty utopian as well. So, well, they do um, they do claim that it's fully encrypted. Of course, Apple's encryption on everything, uh, which is great. Um, I, I appreciate okay. that. I, I agree with you, though. I think you know, I I, I do take a pessimistic view of this specific product. I, I say that it's failure of a product and in my video and what i'm referencing is like it's a fail for the everyday buyer it's like they really are advertising this as like watch tv and hang out with your family but that's really not who it's for i think they're just implanting that idea in your brain so that when version two three four five seven comes out that is their goal like you said it, it needs to be in ray-bans yeah. for, for the <laughs> average com- consumer but, but this is cool like if i if you buy it it's like i want to try it i would love to get my hands on it to experience it to see what it looks like through the actual glasses it's just i will i will not be purchasing them in fact i probably will be buying the MetaQuest 3 so maybe uh we do a little comparison when you, you uh <laughs> when you buy it we'll have 14 days because you're going to return it um yeah. <laughs> and then i'll have the uh, and then i'll have the the meta quest 3 because honestly you know it, let's just compare them briefly it's half the resolution of the uh apple vision uh, but but it, it has full, you know, uh, VR gaming and augmented reality built in. It doesn't do the screen on the back, so you can't see the eyes. But honestly, that doesn't matter. And something we didn't even mention at all, which this just reminded me, there's no controller on the mm-hmm. Apple one. Now, that sounds good and bad. It's good because that means it's all going to be gesture-based and it's less things to carry around. But mm-hmm. it's bad because, again, if you're going to be using this not just for work or not just in your, you know, I want to watch TV mode, but you actually want to have some fun or whatever. Sometimes a controller is just nice to have, especially for work, because a lot of people use artists like artists use the quest to paint things in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. A controller is nice for that. You're not going to have that. So the Quest well, 3 does have the- that. Yeah. So for gaming, you can sync, you know, like like the show. um, PlayStation, the Xbox, or the Switch controllers. So that's for gaming. And then True. for for work, I would imagine, you know, if I'm using my MacBook as the driving computer and then I'm just using the vision essentially as a monitor, 
I would imagine my mouse and keyboard still function the same as well. And because it's AR, if I look down, I can see my hand on the mouse. I can see my hand on the keyboard just like normal. Right. But then when I look up, I'm seeing this big display. However, so, what you're missing is three-dimensional control. So yes, you can use a PlayStation controller to control something on a two-dimensional screen. Mm -hmm. But if I want to, you know, move around my, my character in three dimensions with the controllers, you know, mm -hmm. and the controllers actually function in three dimensions as well. Again, think artists, like if they had like a paintbrush and they want to like paint something and they have something to hold, that's nice. The, um, or even just 3D designers uh, as well. That's nice yeah. to have. Uh, well, then the truth is, is maybe Apple is going to make a controller that comes out for it later. They just not yet. No, I think I think they just believe strongly in whatever tracking system they've got going on with the hands, because that's clearly what what they're going with is um, complete control with just your naked hands. <laughs> yeah, but um, as a uh, gamer, self-proclaimed, um, things that you can't do with just hand gestures, like obviously you can pick things up with just hand gestures in, you know, that's cool, mm -hmm. but you can't move Shoot, forward yeah. in a three-dimensional space you can't and stand still sure. at the same time because you know you're limited on the space of your living room you can't jump you know sure. you can't access maybe you can access well, a menu a, with a little flick of the wrist or something but it's just all these things that it would be cool if yeah. apple does still offer that again if they want to tap into the gaming space i think it's going to be necessary um, I don't know if they do though, cause they haven't really cared about the gaming space much thus far. Although also maybe the, all the things you're mentioning, a, a simple controller is a very easy, you know, if, if it's something that people want, it's something easy that Apple can make or True. a third party company could, could just develop probably pretty easily if, if they're opening it up to that. Yeah. They would have to open up. <clears throat> they already open it they're... up to the PlayStation and Nintendo and Xbox for those reason so i you know sure. i don't see why they wouldn't it would just have to be a uh, controller that works via bluetooth but then it would have to give gyro information to it mm -hmm. um so that would be different yeah. so that that would require an api that allows them to access that that um response yeah so yeah but but that's the thing right is apple is making something completely different in the like kind of they 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 really pitched it as this everyday item. It's yeah. something that you wear every day, you watch movies on it, you work with it, you take pictures of your kids with it. Whereas there's already a huge flood of products, not just Meta, but you know, the Hive and other products that are designed for gaming and yeah. they're really good. And so maybe that's Apple's kind of they're like, look, we're not going to be able to keep up with these guys in terms of developing new uh technology for gaming and we don't care because we don't care about gaming we care about mass market you know so yeah they're just making a mass appeal product with a $3,500 product <laughs> yeah but, I uh I still I still don't fully agree with that sentiment only because the quest also has full hand tracking uh mm -hmm. and it also has augmented reality so it does everything the apple does and it does significantly more the only true difference is is that the apple one works fully integrated with the apple system I mean that mm -hmm. is the truth of it, right? So it's if well, you and if you want to double resolution, sure, you know. yeah. But I mean, double the price of the Meta Quest for double the resolution, and you still It'd be two thousand. You still don't touch. <laughs> no, no. The the Quest Three is um ten eighty. The the Quest the Quest Three is two K, and the Quest Three is five hundred bucks. Um, okay. Gotcha. So if you double that, it's a thousand. So even still, you're 
a third, less than a third of the price. And it does, again, it does everything that Apple does. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have your Apple photos. And it doesn't have these maybe specific fancinesses to it. Yeah. Um, the, the niceties of Apple, which is the things I love. I, I love my Apple Watch, you know, the niceties mm -hmm. of things. I think um, it's just an interesting product. It's not for, it's it's for the rich enthusiasts. We, we already know this. And it, and again, just like we we mentioned before, this is the first step in their, you know, maybe 10 year journey of getting to that point where it's in a Ray-Ban sunglasses style and it can truly be, you know, a $900 consumer product at that point, you know, and they did call it the Vision Pro. <laughs> so true. that does leave room for the Apple Vision without the Pro at the end for the cheaper, more consumer product. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, what are you going to do, right? It's like Apple's got this great thing they've been developing for many years. It's the highest quality they can pack into it. They've got all this crazy stuff with spatial audio, with, you know, augmented reality, with LiDAR sensors, with a screen on front that puts people's eyes on the front, you know, all this other, there's literally a, um, a, a Mac M2 chip inside of it. We didn't even mention that. It's true. That's, very powerful chip that's you know it's got a dual chip system because it also has that r1 chip which is brand new mm -hmm. to anything to do with the vision so yeah it's a dual a chip system chip so that means the the potential of the product is you know untapped in terms of like we these little apps that they showed are very basic like who knows what other developers are going to design i guess um, with these chips in it i guess i am being a little harsh because you're you're right if i think of it Again, the price is too much. But if I think of it like this is Apple iPhone when it was announced and the apps we had were phone, messenger, internet, stocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Um, you know, whatever, five, 10 apps. And then now look what you can do with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, especially when people get their hands on it. You're right. It's, it'll, it's hopefully going to be an explosion in a new in a new way when apple finally gets their hands on something that's usually when it goes bananas um so we'll see i'm really curious to see how it sells i mean I, the price is so high that i i just i wonder if it's gonna sell well i mean because i feel like i'm the kind of guy that will drop an unnecessary amount of money on apple products but i'm not even gonna consider it so mm -hmm. it's very curious and i do think a lot of people are going to do the buy it for 14 days and return it just to test it <laughs> sure. so i'm i'm curious i'm curious how well it's gonna do yeah i mean we didn't even mention there's eye tracking as well so if you're selecting something it's got you know high track high performance eye tracking system of leds and infrared cameras that project invisible light patterns onto each eye um so there's a lot of probably i mean you know there's a lot of expensive things crammed into it you know so True. um that's why it's expensive. I mean, it's got a Mac chip in it, an M2 chip. Yeah. So um, well, we'll it, just have it, to see, right? It costs and more it than my MacBook Pro, so it better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it is Apple, so they've got their whole privacy system as well. They're not interested in selling your data to advertisers. That's one thing, too. You know, when, you, when you're talking about meta, you are giving up your privacy because you have to sign up for Facebook and you have to you know, sign your life away to their whole ad system. Um, yeah. So 
Yep. It'll it's, be it's really interesting and it's something we're going to continue to talk about. And we'd love for you guys to um, ask us any questions or, or comments that you have about it uh, down below, because um, this is very exciting. And I think, again, objectively, this is something that only comes every once in a while. The last time we got a new product from Apple was technically the AirPods. But if you want to go a little bigger than that, although the AirPods are very successful, uh, the Apple Watch was kind of the, the last, you know, new uh, tech product. Especially when it Again. comes to operating system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, I mean, AirPods are technically kind of, they, they were revolutionary in their own right. Mm-hmm. But I think the Apple Watch is the closest kind of comparison in terms of a full new operating system, a whole new product. Um, and then obviously before that would have been iPad and then iPhone. So um, this doesn't come around that often for Apple, and you could tell on Steve on uh, I almost said Steve Jobs' face, but on Tim Cook's face, <laughs> yeah. when he said we got one more thing left, like he was really pumped. So obviously, all the Apple people who work there are very excited. This is something they've been keeping a secret for like five years now, right? So um, it's interesting to see it. I do think um, it will probably you know, mess up the market a little bit as Apple usually does. We'll probably start to see a lot of these headsets turn into external battery headsets all of a sudden Mm -hmm. um, because they're like, oh, Apple did it. We can do it too. (laughs) So, um, and obviously $3,500 is a ton of money. So, um, you know, even though I'd like to probably buy one and test it, I don't know if I can justify spending that kind of money uh, on essentially an entertainment device Yeah, because I don't imagine it being that practical when it comes to work for me. Uh, I think my head would probably get tired of it after, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes at a time. And I don't think I could just wear goggles all day, every day while editing. <laughs> yeah. It's just not a practical solution I mean, yet. If so. you've ever gone skiing and you've wore ski goggles, that is kind of what it feels like, I imagine, <laughs> yeah. uh, based on my experience with other headsets and just that. And, um, you know, even if they're lightweight, they it's pressure on the front and back of your head. You will feel it after a while. You when you take it off, you will look like a raccoon. Um, <laughs> you know, it's um, I it, you know, if the battery only lasts two hours, that might be all you can handle, anyways. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I I I'm very excited for the future of this text now that Apple's in it. It's extra exciting. Um, I just think that um, like you said, we're we're ten years away from this being truly something incredible a true wearable yeah exactly well another another piece of news that happened at wwc is the 15 inch macbook air yay (laughs) to take a turn for normalcy um (laughs) yeah welcome back to uh, our reality yeah uh basically it's nothing more than a 13 inch macbook air uh that's 15 inches yeah it got stretched out a little bit it's a cool it's a it's a, it's a good thing right because the macbook air uh that's with the m2 chip is a pretty smoking machine and the mm-hmm. price on it is incredible for everything that you get with it and now that they're offering a 13 inch screen or 15 inch screen excuse me mm-hmm. uh it's a, it's a great thing i i think it's a it'll be a good uh good computer to add to their lineup it's the world's thinnest 15 inch laptop which uh you know that's an interesting thought Usually 15-inch laptops are beefy and pro or like, you know, gaming laptops. So that is interesting, you know, in a way in terms of the market having a, it's an 11.5 millimeter, uh, you know, thickness, 15-inch laptop. And it's got two USB-C ports on the left, a MagSafe port on the left as well. 
and then a headphone jack on the right. So it's very simple, very stripped down. Yeah, it's the same um, as the 13 inch. It's just, again, it's just the 15 inch now. I I know why this product exists. I had a friend, her name is Miss Heidi. She was, um, you know, a woman who was, you know, my mom's age. She was actually friends with my mom growing up. And she was, she happened to be our next door neighbor, which, you know, it's it was interesting that my my mom's friend happened to be one of our next door neighbors when we lived in California. Yeah. She was, you know, she's in her sixties and she bought a MacBook Pro 16 inch. And I went in there and she was like, David, can you help me with my computer? And I was like, yeah, sure. She was like, yeah, I have a Mac and you know, I'm having some issues. And I went in there and I, I was like, you have a 16 inch? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I want the, I want the big screen. I was like, but you realize this is like a, a work machine. Like this has, you know, a beefy processor and beefy video cards. Even the even the base model 16 inch was like twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, and this is the product for her. There's a lot of people who just want a big dang screen. Just give me a big screen, dang. <laughs> it's like it. the big phone. That yeah, big phone. I think these will sell like crazy mm-hmm. because my mom, your mom, like, and then also you know t- uh, enthusiasts and people who maybe have a desktop desktop computer may want a nice portable machine. Maybe they don't want to shell out all the cash for the 14-inch Pro um, as a portable laptop. This is a great option. You know, you get a nice big screen. Yeah. Then again, the 13-inch still exists. So, I mean, I think I would go with that because I'm I'm wanting a small, light computer. That's the whole point is you get a tiny, little portable machine. This will still be very portable, very thin, but 15 inches is a little big on airplanes. Do you remember, I think it was the iPhone 8, that uh had an issue with bending yeah do you think that this computer might have that issue too because it's this might super, be a bend book yeah it might be a bend book because it's super super wide and it is super thin yeah uh, and those usually don't work well together as we learned i think it was the uh eight plus they're very smart uh they, pro- yeah, they probably have- learned from that mistake um but it is interesting yes. Yeah, all of all of their modern uh, machines have good. Here's the word: structural integrity. Oh. Um, so I think they've nailed it. But 15 inch—that's a lunch tray of a computer, and it's uh, it's pretty big. I mean, I've got the 16 inch MacBook Pro. I really regretted it at first. I also regretted the fact that I had a silver one. Mm, but that's really I've the grown- biggest downside. i've grown to appreciate it i think i actually like it now oh okay Um, that's good it was just different it was just different it took me a while because i was so used to space gray for so long now i'm completely used to it and actually really like it but here's the here's the reason why i think this thing is going to sell like crazy it starts at 12.99 yeah so for somebody like my friend heidi who's in her 60s that she just want a big screen this is the one to get Mm because She obviously doesn't need a MacBook Pro, and the cheapest MacBook Pro in this category is going to cost you $2,500, literally more than $1,000 more just, you know, it gives you the SD card, it gives you the HDMI port, all that stuff, and the beefier processor, the beefier video cards, but for a normal person, they don't need that. That's why it's called a Pro, and it it has the Pro Mm -hmm. features. Also, this is going to be great, Uh, and in fact, I think they give you a discount, but it's going to be great for educational purposes, like, you know, schools are going to have it, like, a college computer, like, this is perfect. Yeah, Um, the Midnight looks nice, Yeah, I must must say. Yeah, the Midnight, the Midnight does look nice. Um, It's like a dark blue. I don't know, I think uh, it's a good product. I think, yeah, like you said, they'll sell well. So we'll just max it out. We got 24 gigabytes maximum of RAM. It ships with eight and we can go all the way up to two terabytes. Interesting that they're not even giving you the option to go to four terabytes. 
um, do the 70 watt USB-C charger for the fast speed and all the way maxed out at 24 gigabytes with two terabytes of storage. We're looking at 2,500. So that's, Not that's bad. interesting pricing because that now takes you into the pro category in terms of price. And then that's not the only Mac news that we had today. We finally got a new Mac Pro today. Wow, yeah, about time actually. Um yeah, they uh when the Mac Pro came out, it was a big deal. But then very 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 shortly after, uh they released the Apple Silicon and it yeah. kind of made it not obsolete but Pretty quickly it did. Once the pro yeah. chips came out, it yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, it kinda it kinda just made it like, man, that thing is not useful anymore. And it's huge. Yeah. Um but well, yeah. they kept the same size, uh, which is great, I guess. I wonder if you can swap out the motherboard on the old one. They didn't mention that. Um it would be interesting if you could just use the same shell and just put the new Apple Silicon in here. That would be but, interesting. Um I don't think so. I don't think you can, but they're using the same shell. Um, there's a lot of space in here because the M2 is quite small uh, compared to Intel systems, but it does still give you the modularity that you want uh, for a pro system. You can max it out. Let's max this sucker out. So first off, it starts at $7,000. Now, if I remember got- correctly, the original Mac Pro could max out at $52,000, okay. give or take. Let's try it. So by the way, the M2 Ultra is is that two uh, is that four M2s put together now? Yeah, I think, I something like that. Think that's true. So twenty four core G, uh, CPU, sixty core GPU, thirty two core neural engine. Um, we can bump that up to seventy six cores of GPU uh, for a thousand bucks. We can jump up to hundred and ninety two gigabytes of unified RAM. Do we want to go to eight terabytes yeah, of storage? Might as well. Heck yeah. Do we want to add the $400 wheels to this? Yes, system? of course we do. Okay. What about... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for that price, we've completely maxed it out on Apple's website. Um, those are actually the only options that we're oh, given. I feel like we were given more options on the other one. That might sway the price. Yeah, it's 12000 Okay. So that's actually not bad. Um, and I'm sure it smokes the old Mac Pro at this point. Oh my gosh, yeah. The 76-core GPU is going to be blazing fast. 190 gigabytes of RAM. Um, and you can put the afterburner cards in there as well. So you can beef that up. But the th- interesting thing to me, though, with the Mac Pro is the fact that they also refreshed the Mac Studio. Yeah, really which fast. allows you... Yeah, I, I mean, so we've got the same chip in there, the M2 Ultra. Let's max this sucker out. So that one starts at $4,000, which is already cheaper. Let's max that out to the same 76-core GPU option. Let's go to the same 192 gigabytes of RAM. Let's go to the same 8 terabyte of storage. There's no option for wheels on the Studio. Darn. And we're looking at $8,799. Now, for what it's worth, this is essentially the exact same as the same thing that I was just looking at. In fact, fact, this has an SD card on it, which is, in my opinion, an addition. The only thing that we're losing with this is the ability to upgrade it in the future, whereas the Max Pro gives you the ability to slot in uh, different GPUs. You can put the afterburner card in there. I think you can do user-accessible RAM options as well. You can also Um, uh, rack them. Which is so, I mean, if you're doing some intense, crazy computing, uh, you can have multiple Mac Pros stacked, um, oh, that's cool. uh, and, and connected and working together. So that's a difference. So 
I think the Mac Pro exists for those F1 car, you know, type of people. It's Pixar. It's, you know, Universal Studios visual effects department. Yeah. Weta Digit. Like, Weta is going to have these on every, you know, maxed out, like, whatever. But then again, those guys use servers and they use, like, their own custom computers and stuff. But anyways, it's like movie studios. It's coloring suites. Mm -hmm. It's VFX artists. That thing is the like top of the top, and, and they want to be able to just slot things in it. Rich YouTubers, uh, enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a big deal for me as somebody who loves buying new products, especially <laughs> Apple products. I have not been tempted to buy anything because once I finally, I was using the Mac Mini for a while, the M1 Mac Mini, uh, just because it was a cheap way to get into the Apple Silicon at the time. And I was using an Intel laptop for uh, at the at that time as well. Oh, because I fell in love with Apple Silicon and when the M1 Max laptop came out, you know, I was fortunate enough to be working with Amy and Jordan. They bought the machine and then I bought it from them. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've had the M1 Max completely maxed out. I've got the four terabytes. I wish I got the eight, but four terabytes is also really nice. If you have and eight and you're using all eight, there's a different <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I will say I'm very happy with this machine. I'm still not even really pushing it to its limits. Um, I do have moments where, you know, it kind of hiccups here and there because I throw, you know, multicam 4K files on it and stuff. But man, it's nowhere near what I'm used to growing up in this industry mm -hmm. using old machines. Things just export so fast. We were talking about we had a big edit session last week, you and me. Right. And we were exporting stuff and it... Like you would get up to like pour yourself a cup of coffee. By the time you sat down, after you just poured it, not 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 brewing a cup of coffee, you walk to the kitchen, you pour it, you come back, it's done. Yeah, it's like done, and then airdrop to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I think it's just you know at this point these machines that I'm glad they're getting better, but I don't I don't even need an M2 Ultra. I don't even need 192 gigs of RAM. I've always thought that I needed the maximum whatever. Right and you know, honestly, I'm not doing maximum stuff. I'm just doing 4K. You know, maybe I'm playing around with 8K, especially as new cameras come out. We'll mm -hmm. probably mess around with 8K here and there. Um, but even with 8K, I think I'm fine with the M M1 Max for another couple of years. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think that we finally hit the point where the technology has surpassed, like the computing technology has surpassed the technology of the demand of our workflow. Because for a long time, we were yep. always slowed down by the machine. We we're always waiting on the machine, you know, for XYZ thing, XYZ thing. We can't play back at full render. You know, we're doing pre-renders whenever we put drop in graphics. When we did an export, it would take an hour plus. And now all of those um, uh, ch uh, choke points have been alleviated. And so I totally agree. I have the M1 Max uh, MacBook Pro. And I have no reason to upgrade this computer maybe till the M3 or the M4 Pro. Like, who knows? Like, it it's yeah. fine. It works great. I, I don't feel like my machine is slowing me down. I, I mean, I put out a video today in like <laughs> three hours, uh, start to finish. Yeah. And, great job, and it was, thank you. And it was, um, I didn't feel like it slowed me down at all. So I, 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 I agree with you. I think, I think this is all great. And if you're still on an Intel-based Mac, or on a PC, uh, definitely go check out these things because these things are great. It'd be a wonderful time to upgrade. By the way, uh, the video is live on Connor's channel. Apple's Vision Pro is a failure. 
Uh, so check it out. It's actually a great thumbnail, great video. So <laughs> Maybe a um, little clickbaity, uh, but no, I, I, I mean, we talked about it already. So there was also some other things that were announced, uh, little things and big things. Uh, I'm playing the video okay. here. Uh, one thing that they announced for iPhone is the ability to finally share your contacts by just pulling your iPhone up to somebody else's iPhone and hitting share. Yeah. Um, who would have thought uh, Androids have been doing this for years? And it seems like an obvious thing. Like literally everybody has iPhones, especially here in America. Um, why don't they all talk to each other? I, I can't tell you how many times... I, you know, I meet somebody at church or I meet somebody at NAB or whatever. We want to exchange numbers. It's like, and then you have to do that awkward too, where it's like, what's your name again? Cause it's like, you forget, you know, oh my or gosh, I, I would, that. I always say, I always say, how do you spell your name? <laughs> you know, oh, even if it's like, that's a good one. A, that's clever. I'm going to have to use that. Yeah. Cause it's obviously me also just getting their name because mm-hmm. I forgot, but, um, it's, it's really bad when it's like, B E N, yeah, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how do you Ooh, spell? Shoot. Yeah, so I've done. Uh, what's your? How do you spell your last name? I do that yeah. and think that they'll then tell me their first name, but then sometimes they just they just tell me the last name and then I don't get their la- their first name, and so yeah. on my phone I just have just their last name. <laughs> oh yeah, I've done that, or I so, forget their last name. And like for instance, when I worked at Starbucks uh, for a couple of years, I would put in their first name and just just write Starbucks for their last name. Nice. <laughs> so I knew it was this person from Starbucks and worked. This is great. Uh, Androids have been doing this for a while, but it's obviously going to become so normal now with iPhones. Everybody's going to be doing this. I can't, yeah. you know, and, and not only that, but it also um, shares, I think, you know, whatever profile picture you have, plus uh, whatever font you happen to choose for whatever. So it's really nice. Yeah, really, really it's nice. about time and it looks great. Yeah. FaceTime on TV with Apple TV. So if you have an Apple TV, you can set your phone on your TV stand and use that as a camera and look at people on a giant screen. I think Xbox did this first with the Kinect. Yeah. Here we are yeah. with the Apple TV. 10 years ago. <laughs> also, also, let's be honest. Nobody's going to do this. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I do think... It would be fun if it actually happened with people like my parents. Like they, they would probably love this to see their grandkids on a big screen, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of old people. But the problem is older people are going to just be fumbling with their phone. What do I do? I, I set it on the what? And what, what button do I push? I mean, it's just going to be a nightmare. So yeah. um, cool idea. I don't know how many people are going to use it, but it does use continuity camera to like zoom in on the on the image digitally. So if it's on the TV stand really far away, you're going to have this really, probably like really low res zoom. Yeah. And on your terrible face. lighting because no one has good lighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except in this ad. Yeah, um, of course. One of the, one of the last things that was left with Apple maps compared to Google maps was offline access. You can now do that with Apple maps. So say you're going somewhere that doesn't have good cell service or good GPS. It also has, by the way, it has topical um, data as well. So it can track, you know, using, um, you know, whatever data they need for um, elevation and stuff. So as you're, you know, going on a hike, you can download a map of a certain region or a park that you're going to go hiking. You can actually download that for offline access. It can track your topical, you know, wherever you are in terms of elevation and figure out where you are and get you back to uh, wherever you parked your car. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Make sure that people don't get lost as easily. Great feature. They've got a new f- mode for AirPods, um, which I didn't fully understand. It's but ambient I it's... control. My son, like the Sony's I'm wearing right now, they have it. Um, I terrible, right? hate that feature. Uh, personally, 
It just, it, to me, it, I don't like it when things do things automatically. Same reason why I don't use Final Cut. Maybe you'll love it. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, it, it like does a thing like if I start talking to someone while I'm wearing headphones, it'll automatically make it pass through, which sounds yeah. great, except that when you're in a coffee shop and things are loud, sometimes it, Apple will do it fine, I'm sure, but still, when, Maybe. you know, or you sneeze and then it dips the <laughs> audio out for four seconds. You got to wait for it to be like, oh, he's not talking anymore. And then it comes back. <laughs> That's a little annoying. Um, yeah. So, but that, you know, whatever. It's a feature. People like it. I don't. Multiple alarms finally on the iPad. <laughs> so <laughs> it's literally a feature that they put in a in a video summary. What was the um, quote? That was great. So it's been kind of a known joke in the Apple community that Apple just doesn't have multiple timers enabled uh, on their devices. The HomePod recently got that feature added. They finally added it to the iPad. And Craig Federici said a great line in the keynote. He said, multiple timers, an age of wonders. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, we have all this great technology that's cutting edge and mind blowing. And the fact that we have multiple timers makes everybody excited. Multiple timers was announced at the same time as AR goggles. Um, So yeah, this is an interesting little thing that, you know, I wasn't really paying attention because I've just been, I was just obsessed with what was coming with the Vision Pro. But um, this little nightstand mode, I guess you got to buy this little accessory that either Apple or Belkin is going to sell. Do you? And do you your phone to, can become this tiny little thing. Do, do you have to buy it? I mean, that's literally just, it's a MagSafe stand. That's all it is. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, probably not then. You could probably just put it on its side. Yeah, it know? looks like it, it. maybe Apple will be able to just like detect. like the Apple Watch. Yeah, it'll be able to just detect. It's like, oh, I'm charging and I'm on my side in a particular orientation. Uh, therefore I should be in this particular mode and you set it up how you want it to look. Obviously there's lots of different customizations for it. Same thing. Like you just said with the watch does the same thing. It's a good feature. Use it as a proper alarm clock. Could put it on my night stand Kai. (laughs) And, um, if you're watching as an alarm, as nightstands. On a nightstand's a thing. I have a nightstand. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty common. Oh shit! Sorry, this is this is some American you don't, thing, isn't it? What the fuck is a nightstand? You know, like a little side table. Wait, what did you just call it side table? This is same same amount of syllables. Uh, visual voicemail as it comes in, so it's like live voicemail. So it's kind of simulating what you know. Uh, what answering machines used to be where somebody calls and, you know, as they're talking, it's dictating what they're saying. You can then decide to accept the call if you want um, or, you know, block it or send it to voicemail. This has been in the Google Pixel for several years now. Uh, Adam says, uh, <laughs> this is this is what visual voicemail is going to be. Pick up, pick up. It's me. Pick up, pick up. Hey, hey, pick up, pick up. <laughs> because they know that they're looking at their screen yeah. reading it. Well, I mean, so, like, remember, uh, dude, back in the past when we had home phones, you remember home oh, yeah. phones? Of course. That's Instead of it being through text, of course, it would, you know, you'd hear the boop and it'd be like, hey, it's my grandma just calling to say hi. And then you'd be like, oh, it's grandma. Let me answer. You know, whatever. Yeah. Or um, or, <laughs> oh, it's grandma. Let me ignore that. Uh, whatever, yeah. you know, your family dynamic is. Uh, cool feature. Great thing. Yeah. Apple is, you know, innovation that excites you know <laughs> of course they they announced the new mac os they're mm. calling this one sonoma which i'm i because i lived in california actually i am familiar with sonoma california mm. uh, it's a beautiful landscape of course i love the um the background it's very windows xp looking <laughs> to me <laughs> which uh green don't tell apple hills. that it's windows-esque <laughs> yeah 
but you can now do widgets on the Mac, uh, which is cool. But again, that's been around for a while. I don't know if you are old enough to use the older uh, Leopard uh, Mac OS systems. Oh. I've been using widgets since 2008, yo. Yeah, so they're making a comeback, baby. Let's yeah. go, like records. And I wonder if that's opened up to um, different apps as well. So that might create a little ecosystem of interesting apps. I can definitely see companies who you know maybe video editing um plugins and things sure. you know or just a little quality of life improvement i could uh put with my widgets. youtube analytics on there so i could be depressed all yeah. the time yeah look at your one out of ten or your yeah. ten out of ten <laughs> on the corner 24 7 that'd yeah. be interesting so that's cool you know to have widgets um man i i haven't updated my mac os in a while i'm I'm still on mac os monterey which is two years old i think it's the same os that shipped on the m1 max yeah um i've had no issues with it i love it and i don't want to update because i know when i do everything will break so (laughs) yeah i'm still on monterey as well i I think when you update to the latest version things can go wrong and i'm in the industry where things can't go wrong so um i have to be a little behind on that sometimes some interesting updates with video conferencing. It looks like they're kind of taking on Zoom a little bit with a multiple um, video conferencing app. Um, why would you use this over Zoom? I don't know. Because it's free. Because it's Apple, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can do screen sharing with it. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. It'd be cool if they did something like Riverside, like what we're doing here for podcasters. That'd be cool if Apple did it. But I don't know if I'd be able to trust it. <laughs> so um, you liked this. There's a new uh, PDF preview uh, function in macOS and iPad. I think. Well, what I liked about it is that it can actually. So if you're watching the video, you know, it has a PDF where it's like you got to fill out your name, email address, you know, whatever else, city, phone, uh, and typically it's kind of annoying to fill all that out. But now Apple was able to just detect hey, these are the fields. Uh, and it, you know how it auto fills in that stuff online sometimes, you know, it's all saved into yeah. your computer, whatever. Uh, now it'll do that on PDF documents. So you could do that, save them, and then send them off to whoever you need to send them off to. So yeah, so your, simple. your name, your address, your email, state, zip code, all that stuff, just like on Chrome or on Safari, you just hit a button, fill out form. It does the thing. Yeah, which is- That'll be uh, great. Yeah, it's a cool feature. It's a small thing, but a cool thing. Yeah, small but fun and cool. So um, that's pretty much it for all the little things. One thing that made me a little sad is the oh. lack of Final Cut oh. mentionings. Oh, yeah. That was... Okay, so get this, right? Oh, wait, which uh, one is it? <laughs> so, so get this. Yeah, no Final Cut discussion at all in, in the whole keynote Yeah, in, during the Mac section. <laughs> in WWDC, I heard them specifically mention davinci resolve and adobe after effects and they didn't mention apple motion or uh final cut which is crazy Mm -hmm. and it's as you said a little concerning well yeah so i pulled up um hayden hillier smith he posted a tweet he said no significant updates to final cut pro on wwdc not to mention no mention of it they're taking it into the cap cut direction, making it more accessible for new filmmakers, but no longer supporting advanced filmmakers. Then it's done, Final Cut Pro. You've been great to me for years. Thank you, but I'm out. Oof, from Hayden to... Yeah, I mean, he was telling me that he was interested in probably looking at um, Resolve. Yeah. But um, I kind of agree with Patrick uh, for once here. Um, for he once. He says... <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, he says, I have no wish list for Final Cut Pro at this time anyways. So I'm kind of in that camp like oh, yeah. until I see something I in Resolve or Premiere that is like mind-blowingly like I have to have that. There's nothing other than the music retime tool which didn't come to to the desktop. So that's unfortunate. But other than that one feature, um, I'm not hankering for anything necessarily so i'm happy with it for now but yeah i mean it's probably a sinking ship yeah uh, we don't need to get too far into this topic today but basically if you're happy with your editor and it's serving you as needed keep using it i mean like there's there's no reason to switch don't bother yeah and i agree with hayden i think you know the fact that the only time they mentioned final cut was in the ipad section you know with the new ipad final cut app uh, i think and they're doing a subscription on that it kind of feels like now that we've seen the full story here with WWDC, and we were talking about this with Michael Tobin, but now we've, we we have the whole complete picture. We were kind of hoping to see some Final Cut updates along with the Mac Pro, which was announced. Um, and when they talked about the Mac Pro, when they talked about the Mac Studio, they talked about Resolve and After Effects. They didn't yeah. even mention Final Cut. So um, they want to charge $5 a month for final cut on the ipad and that is what they (laughs) seem to care about unfortunately yeah i think i think they realize that they're not making any necessarily more money off of final cut unless people directly recommend it to a new person uh they probably saw that as a failing model so they wanted to just get away from that and i think he's right they're going the cap cut method they're going consumer they're leaving it behind it feels like kind of sad but i mean maybe we're wrong maybe it'll come out soon but it just doesn't feel like it Okay, so that pretty much sums up everything at WWDC 2023. Connor, give me your kind of overall thoughts. Overall thoughts, exciting technology, uh, cool things for the future. 15-inch MacBook uh, uh, Air is is neat. Uh, overall quality of life changes is cool. Uh, will not be purchasing the Vision Pro. Sweet. <laughs> How's that? That was pretty concise. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, because the Vision Pro isn't even coming out till early next year, like in terms of like right now, nothing changes. We're we're just chilling, waiting for these uh, little firmware updates to come to the iPhone so we can share our contacts with people. That'll be fun. Um, and you know, if we're feeling a little risky, we can update to the new Mac OS and have mac os autofill our pdfs yeah um but until the vision pro comes out nothing in the announcement is life-changing for for us for for me in particular as well in fact i probably won't update my my mac os to this new version i may finally go to the new one was it ventura is that the yeah you know what you bring up a a a good point i i think they may have announced the vision pro early because maybe this announcement was a little on the weaker side. Um, because they had a 15 inch MacBook Pro, they don't, and they had a yeah. Mac Pro in the Mac Studio with the M2 Ultra, but yeah, but it that's true. I guess it, it maybe they just didn't make as big of a deal because of it, but it does kind of that doesn't feel cur- normal. Like normally, I feel like they, you know, just like with the 15 inch, it's like, and you can order it today and it'll be available next week. Like that's normally their thing. And this one is like, mm-hmm. it won't be available for a year. Yeah, uh, basically. that doesn't that that feels a little different. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it doesn't really matter, but it's kind of curious. Well, 
so yeah, I mean, WWDC is specifically for developers. It's it's called the Worldwide Developer Conference. So even though all of us normal people are watching it and enjoying it for entertainment and news information, the reason for it is for developers to get excited about whatever new th- software is coming out so they can make apps for that thing. So it does make sense, even though it's not coming out till January, makes sense to announce it now to get the developers to start developing. They're also getting hands-on with it. I've seen a couple of tweets of like very specialized people getting the access to go into a room and try it. It's not able for, you know, not everybody who's at WWDC is able to wear it, I don't think. Uh, I think they have it on display so you can look at it. But <laughs> I was expecting them to get some real hands-on time with it, like it's, in person. It's probably it's very um, limited. I was going to say probably a prototype. It's probably very beta right now if it's not coming out yeah. for a whole year. Yeah, but it gets people excited. It gets us talking about it. It gets the developers ready. Gets the whole consumer market ready. Gets the stock market excited. <laughs> obviously, there's They're a like, lot of oh, that snap. kind of stuff. Here we go. Um, you know, to the moon. I, as a tech optimist myself, um, I can kind of see where they're going with this. I can see how this does lead to that point where, um, you know, a wearable device can kind of take over and mm-hmm. maybe even replace the iPhone. So in that, the fact that I'm thinking about the future, you know, five, 10 years from now, I'm excited about this product. And then selfishly, you know, I, I w- I'm going to do my best to sell some stuff so I can justify purchasing this. I'm excited to try it. I think it will be fun and it will be interesting and it will be different. And um, I like the idea of watching my shows with this thing. That will probably be super cool. Yeah, by yourself. I like the, you know, by myself, <laughs> alone. <laughs> your family, your wife and kids, they're just going to be like sitting next to you and you're going to be like laughing at a comedy. Well, that's the, that's the thing is like, you know, as a married man, I, I would love to have that experience with my wife. And it's like... Turns out you're going to need I, four of these units. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no way I can... Aff- like, it, I can barely justify buying one. There's no way I could justify buying two so that my wife and I could both watch a movie together. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we're very far away from this being a practical consumer-based product. Also, somebody like my wife, you know, could care less about. I, I tried to show her the video, and she was like, "Huh, okay, well, dinner's ready soon." Like yeah. I was like, "Okay," yeah. she's like, "This is what you're worried about. This is what you've been doing all day." She's like, "That is so lame." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but as a tech optimist, I am excited for the future. Uh, we'll have to see what it'll be like. It may really not be anything like the demos, yeah. too. It, it might be a big failure. We'll I cannot see. wait to look into your 3D eyes. <laughs> for a quick after show i changed my name again i'm oh, a dvd <laughs> oh you just changed your twitter handle yeah 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 just um i was really i didn't like the yt at the end because yeah. i was like i don't want to be associated with youtube as my handle yeah. and david altizer isn't taken and i like having a short handle and when i was a kid when i was 14 years old and i set up my first yahoo email account yeah david altizer wasn't taken or it was already taken and they suggested they're like what about dvd altizer and i was huh. like oh that's kind of cool it's like very silicon valley to like remove the vowel the vowels you know yeah so it's like if you sound it out david altizer david altizer plus dvds are fun silly things for our nerdy video world so yeah, i am now i'm now a dvd i love that <laughs> 
Yeah, great stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, I think that's cool. I like the rebrand on that one. That one's that one. I'm here to support. And it also still plays into David because it sort yeah. of sp- spells out David. No, right? it's fun, and uh, I cannot wait for that thing to hit the dang corner. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? The DVD. We're watching the bouncing DVD video logo. Uh, yeah, which is funny. And I also picked up the username or the uh, the. Uh, URL dvdvideo.mov, <laughs> which just forwards to my link tree. <laughs> that is awesome. I like that a lot. Coming soon to DVD and video. Yeah, yeah I like <laughs> I know, video. Right? Please let us know down below your thoughts on the Vision Pro and if you have any concerns about yeah. it. Let us know if you're Team Connor or Team David, Team Optimus or Team Pet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And, and remember, everybody, I'm a DVD. And... I'm a person. <laughs> now, thanks for being here, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I did that, because I could have just done it in post. But Yeah, well, it's fine. It worked live. <laughs>